Welcome to a brand new episode of Two Please. I'm your host, Abhil. Is this episode 24, 25, 26? We don't know. And I'm your co-host, Rohit. Yeah, all we're getting from now is just brand new episode. I, it's so confusing. Every time we hit record, we're just, for the first three minutes, obviously you don't hear it because it's all edited out. We're just like, oh, is this 24? Is this 26? Wait, and then one of us will jump back in. Go <laughs> and I'll, open, our, I'll go to our, our Spotify, I'll go to our podcast, scroll all the way back down. So for me, episode <laughs> six is what I know for sure. From six, I'll be like seven, eight, nine. <laughs> It's just oh, yeah. really confusing for us. I think a brand new episode is fine. And I, as I'm editing, um, I, as I'm uploading it, I'll just probably, I'll just number the episodes and I think we should be good from there. Um, da, 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 it's, it, is, it is the new year. Happy new year. I know this is, um, this is probably coming out sometime at the end of Jan, but, <laughs> and it's much, we're much into like a, uh, into the year at this point but and at this, this point first... I don't even know how we'll all be feeling three weeks from now right with the way this whole third wave and shit in three weeks you'll all probably be like fuck again we have another shit here and be like hey happy new year it's <laughs> gonna be like screw you man what's happy yeah I don't even think given I'm like given what the numbers are projecting for the month of February it's just uh, man if you can get boosted please do just we'll do some basic yes. admin work at the start if you can get boosted please do uh, figure it out before COVID crashes and you know gives everyone a, uh, a headache once more just wherever you are in the world as a matter of fact I get, try and get boosted and just figure that out also speaking of the pandemic in a slightly more positive note um, a movie has just surpassed a billion dollars. I mean, it's been a, more than a month at this point since it surpassed a billion dollars. And by the time this comes out, it's probably going to surpass the two billion mark. Uh, that is Spider-Man No Way Home. And if we're being completely honest, if there ever was a movie that was going to surpass a billion dollars, it's probably this one. Given the hype, given the, the fan fever around it, just a movie that was anticipated for so long that that had that kind of uh, that hype train which in more of which more often than not derails uh, a film like this but somehow the, the the filmmakers managed to pull it off I, I like complete props to the entire team to Kevin Faggy to John Watts and specifically Tom Holland we will talk about No Way Home further down the episode and it will contain spoilers so uh, and I'll and just as we're about to we'll probably give you a heads up but this gave us an idea for this week's episode where we decided to trace uh, Spider-Man's journey through films and media uh, from the 90s. And to be honest, it's quite an interesting uh, journey that Spidey has been on. So I guess we'll be looking at uh, it's in, in the initial development that it went through in the 90s. We'll talk about, obviously, the, the Tobey Maguire films, the Andrew Garfield films. We'll talk about the Spider-Man games that have come out since. Uh, and of course, we'll address Tom Holland's role in the MCU. What, what else? Dude, we can't not talk about Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I was just like, <laughs> I've been like, just before I've been prepping for this episode and I kept telling myself, we have to talk about Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of love for that film from uh, across the spectrum. I particularly adore that film, but we will give it its time of uh, day in, in, in the podcast. Let's get on with the show. <laughs>
So, <laughs> I think uh, you should uh, take lead on the build up to the movies because uh, I think you know a lot. You're a lot more intimate with the comic character Spider-Man than maybe I am. So, take so, it away. The problem, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> not the case. But yes, growing up, Spider-Man was a big part of my childhood. I wouldn't say to the extent that Batman was. Batman was, I was crazy. Like I had a real... Uh, obsession with that character and i guess we will come to it in the on the on the batman episode probably sometime in march you know bang it in with the release mm-hmm. of the batman but uh in the meantime so just spider-man huge part of my childhood the animated series was something i really watched sometimes in hindi sometimes in english because you know star couldn't make up its goddamn mind um <laughs> uh, but yes a, a great affiliation with the with the character um through the early part of my childhood and in the 90s i think there was a an israeli businessman israeli american businessman businessman named avi arad who is credited as the founder of marvel studios so he is the guy who initially got marvel comic projects off the ground and he began with a disastrous uh depiction of nick fury where david hasselhoff played nick fury and it didn't really do too well but this i know <laughs> yeah he he eventually brought it back with uh and with properties like x-men blade and blade one into it we have spoken of blade in the past uh i think specifically in the monsters under our bed episode yes um, yes um we so anyone who's listened to that episode knows how much we love uh we love 90s blade and i think around the late 90s just after uh, titanic was this global phenomenon james cameron was approached rather in task with directing uh, spider-man and i think leo dicaprio was attached to it but uh, that project i mean he quickly departed the project and leo said i'm not ready this is not really my thing and he ended up giving it to his best friend to be maguire who read for it almost didn't get cast for it and this is a very interesting story about how to be maguire tried to sell the uh, sell himself for the role the game of blue unitard and tobey maguire had really bulked up for the role and so he kind of strips down to his like to his torso to his torso and then connects this action sequence and then the producers were like okay i see that this guy can this guy can do both he can be spider-man and he can be peter parker which sam raimi who extremely famous horror director of, of evil dead and i mean of the evil dead films and what else did sam raimi do in the 90s i think mostly evil dead <laughs> the fact that they chose remy i know also uh, surprised a lot of people because not the kind of i mean obviously at that point superhero movies themselves were a very nascent and sort of undefined concept but mm. he's just probably not the first name that would probably come to mind for somebody looking to helm this project in fact i was just reading and i saw a lot of the other names that were considered mm-hmm. and to even imagine how their version of spiderman would be is is the mind blowing exercise so i think one of the people considered was uh, roland emmerich like imagine <laughs> in, in roland emmerich spiderman doesn't matter how but eventually the world's going to end the end yeah <laughs> tim burton was considered can you imagine tim burton spiderman i would i i have like this weird edward scissorhand aesthetic in my head where uh, yeah, it would be a trippy spiderman yeah. then michael bay was considered which i mean It doesn't take a stretch of imagination to mm. uh, wonder how that would have turned out. M Night Shyamalan was concerned. I think this is clearly on the back of Six Sense. After Six yeah. Sense, people are just like, "Please make my movie." We make my yeah. <laughs> M Night Shyamalan's Spider-Man probably end at the end. You're like, there is no Spider-Man. <laughs> 
and also we are uh, the spider man <laughs> and fincher was considered now that is an amazing what if yeah but i think fincher was kind of after what happened with the introduction i think he was very anti studio at that time Mm. Um, studio big projects specifically and i think another ip that they'd given him he would have been like yeah no way i don't think he's done ips ever, ever after that in his adoption maybe god in 3 sorry in his adoption is is joss whedon which is even worse but um uh, even i mean god girl is ip in the sense that it's an adaptation but yeah, i get mm. it's not a big yeah. marquee property yeah it's not a marquee property uh and so it's, it's funny you mentioned god girl because um at the time kevin avi arad was uh, the, uh, was working with at marvel there was an intern that was basically sitting on all projects and i've been, i was listening to the ben simmons podcast yesterday and he's and he was interviewing ben affleck uh, ben affleck is everywhere he's been doing press for the tender bar which is out mm-hmm. i think on amazon prime uh and he was talking about just why he wanted to do batman he wanted to do batman for his kids and like a movie that you know he wanted to uh, like he done three films prior to the batman and his kids couldn't have watched any of them uh so he said he wanted to do something for them and he also spoke about how disappointed he was with daredevil and the one thing that really bothers him is because uh when he was doing daredevil kevin fagi was on set was involved but not to a great extent he was like third or fourth removed from the actual person who was making decisions and he's like i just want to go tell that guy go to him and be like listen you decide like screw these dudes mm-hmm. let's just let's get the movie out uh, movie done because he was like growing up ben affleck really had a great uh, admiration for matt murdock and i think so that it, it really disappointed him with how the final product of that came out uh and so aviara and kevin fagi have a long history uh, aviara eventually moves out of um uh, of marvel Uh, I think the around 2007 2008 but we're ju- we're time jumping a little bit let's go back to um uh, to Spider-Man 1 so 2000 which by the way is 20 years ago old yeah, now yeah yeah 20 years this way to year, way so to feel old yeah oh goodness it has been 20 years since Spider-Man dropped in theaters and I remember the exact screening that I went to because you remember the the, the press the newspaper ads you remember the that little the poster of him walking up you remember the trailer it was unlike anything we'd ever seen because yes you've seen spiderman on uh, um on on television you've seen him animated but you've never seen him on a, on a live action screen done to this effect yes there was the japanese spiderman superman who uh, <laughs> is <laughs> who i keep referencing to was like for me as a cult hero i i love that uh the strange bizarreness of it all but uh, it's the first time we any of us actually saw a live action adaptation was with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and probably the most comic book movie of all Spider-Man films so far again with the exception of into the spider-verse i'd say yeah yeah into the spider-verse i think is just yeah i mean it's animated so that's it's sort of cheating but yeah out of the real, live action movies definitely the most uh, formulaic in a good sense mm-hmm. not not that it's a bad thing for me like comic booky movie of the lot but uh, also i didn't know like at the point this was something that struck me even then that peter parker the vision i had in mind to be maguire looked a lot older uh, mm-hmm. than the person i had in mind and like today i got to know he was 25 when he played the role what 25 year old looks that old would he seen like he he looks like he seen some shit in life like, <laughs> 
Toby. Toby in the 90s was, was a party. Uh, and uh, you have Kirsten Dunst as... Not a uh, great guy in real life from what I've yeah, heard. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you've watched Molly's game, I think it's a fair um, introduction yeah. of, uh, of what that kind of person he was. He seemed like the perfect part. Because I remember really taking to his Peter Parker. I think his... He really captures that you know, the, that man struck, stuck between two worlds, one where he wants to be there for the, like he wants, to, he wants to live a happy life at the same time, is burdened with the responsibilities of who he is. And Spider-Man 1 really sets that off uh, and you have great performances throughout, not just him, I think the stop turn in that film is undoubtedly William Defoe. Uh, yeah, as the, as the Green Goblin, you have. You have I young... don't think uh, they told him they were shooting the movie. My <laughs> gut feel is there was just a camera around William Dafoe, and he was just doing his thing. <laughs> that, that's just how I feel looking at him. So it's like, yeah, put a... some cameras around, let him do his stuff. There was an interesting uh, thing about uh, you know of, of the Goblin mask. The Goblin mask was initially meant to move, and the go- and for those of us who have seen Spider Man know that the goblin mask is static yeah it's a very static it's, it's static mask and they and you see like these early videos of where they had this animatronic mask that would move with, with facial expressions it just uh, i don't think it, it was working the way they intended it to work but it looked very impressive so you could say even then tech was was really catching up and uh but tech had not yet caught up with william before exactly and then <laughs> You realize as you watch the movie that you don't need the mask as much. You just need William Dafoe's face. Because the, the, the most terrifying aspects of the film is just when he's not wearing the mask. When he's having that, when he's talking to himself, when he's clearly stuck between two personalities. And he is magnetic, I think. Um, I've seen, uh, I just watched the trailer for The Northman, uh, which dropped yeah, like yeah. three weeks, two weeks, a week or so ago. And I'm fully, in, and it's just, he's, the man drinks from like the pool of, the pool of insanity. When it, his characters are just so out there, I, I absolutely adore him. And there are so many like memorable sequences just from this film when Spider-Man discover, discovers his powers. The whole uh, shooting, him crawling up the wall. As kids, we yeah. all tried that nonsense. I mean, we did it on the floor and tried to like pan it as to say we were climbing up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, I've seen that movie so many times. (laughs) Exactly. Like so many times. For lack of anything better to do growing up, like you're bored, yeah, just put on the Spider Man CD. I I have not watched the first Spider Man in years, but I remember it crystal clear. Because I think you've just, you've seen it so many times, you know exactly beat for beat what's, what's happening. You know the, I mean, obviously we talk about the Spider Man origin sequence, we talk about then there's him. Of um, fighting Bonesaw, who I think is played yeah. by Randy, Randy Macho, Randy Savage, dude. Randy, Randy Savage, sorry, Randy, <laughs> Randy Quaid, someone else. I'm sorry, Randy Savage. Yeah. Um, uh, clearly, I know my Macho wrestlers. Man. Very well. Macho Man, Randy Savage. Randy Savage, and of course, another mainstay in Sam Raimi films, Bruce Campbell is the announcer. Bruce Campbell. And Octavia Spencer is there as well. She's the uh, like a brief cameo. She's the one that uh, writes down his his name. So, oh, mm. yeah. So there's cameos littered, littered throughout and throughout that film. I, I mean, I, I'd say early 2000 Octavia Spencer wasn't really the Octavia Spencer that we know her now uh, to be. But so many like little, um, uh, you know, star turns here and there. I think Rosemary Harris's Aunt May was spectacular. 
spectacular. I, yes, we all we all like Marissa Tomei's Aunt May because it was like, oh, okay, this is different. But uh, Rosemary Harris really captured that that uh, that comfort that Aunt, Aunt May brings. Yeah, and I think the newer Spider-Man movies have the uh, the cushion to reimagine. This is the first time, so you have to yeah. get it right. It's not about exactly. reimagining it. Yeah. They got it bang on with with Aunt May. And of course, we have that yeah, that sequence with the infamous, not the infamous, that the very famous kissing sequence, uh, the upside down kissing sequence in, My in the God, alley. That was like news winning awards. It was such yeah, a it, big part of pop culture. Everyone recreating it was everywhere. Yeah, it was culture. Once again, it's cultural touch point. Now, yeah. I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't talk about the games. And we're going to, before we jump out of Spider Man Two. And those of those of you who know me know how much I love Spider Man Two. I want to talk about the games that came out in the '90s, specifically on the PS One. They were Spider Man One and Spider Man Two. Spider Man One was just like it did for me. It did web slinging right, even though Spider Man was just shooting his his web into into thin air and. The swinging for which, a, like, where does it come from? Yeah, where does it come? From? Nobody asked but, that question. Everyone just went with it. But again, uh, one of the most terrifying things about the '90s was that last level on in the first Spider-Man game, where the the Carnage symbiote takes over Doc Ock, and you have to uh, bolt the the entire last level. You <laughs> just have to run. <laughs> you are running. Hey, even I've played this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you it is away. terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. And uh, I have a memory of all my cousins, and I was just sitting in a room, and our my eldest cousin is playing through this, and he's like, "Okay, for every time I die, I'm kicking one of you out of the room." <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of it, we were all out of the room, and he walked out and said, "This game is pointless," and he never played it again until years later, where eventually we're like, "Oh, fine, we just had to." We finally got through it. Spider-Man Two was also wonderful. There was a cheat code that gave you all the suits, and I remember the cheat code is Aunt May. So if you type Aunt May, oh, yes. yeah, you get all. And there's the suits. a funky futuristic, uh, yeah, suit. I don't remember which one, but yeah, the bluish one, which gave you invulnerability. Yes. invulnerability. Yes. yes. See, I love you. This is the. <laughs> and and you never talks about Spider-Man Two like being the the. The go-to Spider-Man game that redefined web swinging because it was also a movie tie-in and a really good movie tie-in game. Mm. Um, but for me, like I, I hold a great, uh, like a, like a huge soft spot for 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 these two Spider-Man games that came out on the PlayStation. And obviously, there have been better iterations of it since the 2018 Spider-Man on the PS4 is just oh my goodness, is gorgeous. Uh, you could swing everywhere. It has it really captures the essence of the character. It has a very heartwarming story, but those first two early iterations of the game are my absolute favorite. But coming back, Spider-Man. Yes, and this movie made a lot of money. As it rightly should have. It made so much money, I think. But before it even hit theaters, studios were like, "Okay, green light, Spider-Man 2. And uh, then images for Spider-Man Two started filtering through. In Dark Hawk, we saw Alfred Molina was cast as Dark Hawk, and I remember seeing the first picture of him with the uh, with the octopus arms and being like, "Oh, interesting! I'm very intrigued by it." Then I watched it. I remember it dropped. It has the biggest opening. It was it was the biggest biggest opening film for many a year. Mm. Mm. Uh, and this is probably one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. 
Oh, I would the pause. I was like, is Aben going to say he doesn't like Spider-Man too? I was going to like reach through the Zoom call and <laughs> slap you. <laughs> Spider-Man two is wonderful. I think I watched it a week ago, maybe like just about two weeks ago before I, before I flew back, and uh, that film really like details the struggles of of being Peter Parker and Spider-Man. so much so yeah. that his confidence takes a hit and he loses his powers because he doesn't believe in himself anymore which is which a very means, real world problem uh, exactly which means the whole concept of spiderman is basically an erection then yeah <laughs> i mean i would like to think it's a little bit deeper than that don't say it but i mean it's a metaphor for your erection Mm-hmm. Okay. There, that's that's the, our takeaway. Yeah, yeah that's our takeaway. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to be tripping on. Spidey sense, dude. Come on, it's right there. Spider sense. Really, I mean, they don't really elaborate on the spider sense. I think there's one, which is why they called it Peter Tingle here. Come on, even they're into the joke. They're onto the yeah, joke. Peter Tingle, but uh, yeah, I think it plays the first movie. There is a spidey sense moment, like a big spidey sense moment. it's in the climax so uh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah but spiderman 2 coming back to this was it deals with like peter's self confidence his life is falling apart he's living in this ramshackle apartment which is which i, I thought oh probably exaggerated for effect no very much real exists <laughs> i have seen shit like this so uh, <laughs> um his work they keep threatening to fire him he wants to be with mary jane and I, and there is a line in the at the end of the first spiderman film where uh he talks about how this is his gift and this is his curse the last the last uh, monologue before it cuts to yeah, yeah, swinging yeah. which is which i think is great and even when imagine kisses him and he walks away imagine is like wait what and then she she's like i know what that is and that plays a a point that that plays a a uh, an important part in 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 this in the sequel when you have doc ock and he who's trying to recreate a, a mini sun uh, um as for as a new energy source which also feels horribly and but I, sorry i just have to i have to i don't understand i have to hand it to peter i don't understand who these people are who are so determined to be heroes you've lost your 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 struggling at your job you're living in a ramshackle apartment you're a superhero just do crime dude <laughs> like go rob a bank be rich why the fuck are you struggling day in day out not sure why you're like and and that's what he is right he's he's supposed to symbolize the best of us like inspired why So Stanley talks talked spoke about this and he said you know why I really, what I really enjoy about Spider-Man and none of us thought about this when we created it anyone can be Spider-Man anyone can be Spider-Man which is wonderful and I and I think for years I think Black Panther was probably was when when people were like oh my god I see myself and a large part of um, the world is like okay I see myself as one of these roles there's a wonderful image that has come out over the last week or so of this mother and like uh, her her child saw a word, like a uh, a character in 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 encanto and said well that's me i i i'm in this movie and mm. e- even then for us like for a lot of us we've all dressed up in spidey costumes growing up at some point in our childhood uh and this like giving have you have you not i have no i'm just i'm still wondering if i was spider man people would be fucked dude <laughs> like i would not be a good person i would just like forget crime i would do petty shit like just you know 
uh, right on top of a building just web people's food out of their hands just fuck with them <laughs> oh, just start dropping webbing on people like shit <laughs> yeah yeah just like pigeon shit just or <laughs> randomly somebody walking just yank him from behind and fuck off <laughs> like what happened to me <laughs> who knows <laughs> like even i i still do this in games like in assassins creed and all remember early you used to flick you could flick money from flick your money to people yeah i'd go to the bazaar flick money from a bunch of people they'll chase me i'll go stand on top somewhere like there's missions waiting and like, fuck those missions i want to steal money <laughs> spider man do the same thing dude you you have gta'd <laughs> assassins creed assassins creed i have no if i was spider man heard on the same thing crime are somebody else is heading dude i want to flip this guy's wallet <laughs> if there ever is a robbery you know and some somebody is going to use this podcast as like evidence be like this boy <laughs> Uh, dude, but but yeah, kudos uh, to Vida Pakari. Underwent all of that and still and still and still retained his good side and remained a hero. A life of crime. I mean, and, and remained a hero. Uh, so committed that eventually he managed to bring Doc Ock back from the dark side, and which mm-hmm. again is a very very poignant and pivotal moment towards the end of the movie because the, it's sort of the moment that the whole movie builds up to right setting doc yeah. ock as this good guy mm-hmm. this very relatable and uh, not relatable sympathetic like he's a, he's a, yeah, he's, a, he's a very sympathetic villain yeah and i think one of the and you know I, I, exactly and you know that under all of that something's overtaken him this is not mm-hmm. the real him and when you mm-hmm. see that sort of that real him again come mm-hmm. come out towards the end it's a very nice sort of uh, crescendo to that arc So Nerd Writer does a uh, has done a video on this. He talks about the short horror film Hidden in Spider-Man 2. Uh and so this is a sequence where Doc Ock is being operated on and mm. they're trying to remove the uh, the the arms out of his uh, out of his back. And that's when the arms begin to start murdering every every doctor in the in the operating room. Like it's very reminiscent of his earlier films because you just you you see like the cuts the uh, the dolly shots uh, the woman being dragged down uh, into the darkness mm. when her fingernails cutting and like uh, cutting through the uh, through the floor uh, all of it in not a single drop of blood because you obviously like a pg film right and mm. i remember this is something i don't know why but it sticks with me when i remember the sequence in the theater it terrified me and i could hear people screaming and you're supposed to be really enthralled by this dark arc used by the arms and the arms are once again making the case for uh um practical effects are puppets like the entire thing is a um yeah. uh, i mean obviously the wide shots are, are more digital but like the arms the close ups are all are puppet shots this movie also has probably the greatest sequence in a spider-man film the train sequence the train sequence once again a thing we've all attempted like we've all attempted played tried playing like with the whole where he just start shooting thing uh, shooting webs to just slow the train down one i mean i don't want to know what you did at home when you were alone i played spiderman a lot dude <laughs> <laughs> so but here's a fun fact that train doesn't exist that train what doesn't do exist it doesn't mean like that it, line that, that, that line doesn't life. exist yeah oh, it's been okay. moved it, because it is <laughs> like why is up in going philosophical <laughs> like train of theseus or something <laughs> theseus doesn't, doesn't exist, exist. <laughs> if the train tracks are being removed is it still the same train or not <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that way. Okay. I love how we interjected ship of thieves into a Spider-Man film. Fuck it. <laughs> But um, so two great movies, and uh, then I think a lot of expectation building up, building up, and I think there's bigger gap between Spider-Man two and three. Three years. I think Spy. Three years. I see Spider-Man three as the film that tried too hard or tried too much. uh i think at some point they had considered splitting it into two movies which i think mm. they should have done because uh, there's too much in the movie it's too much happening uh, and this is probably the most memed superhero movie of all time <laughs> <laughs> and i think bully maguire came out of this as like as the meme and you mentioned that they they tried stuff in too much in a lot of this is down to avi arad by the third film avi arad was adamant that they put venom in the in the film navi arad has mm. as i mentioned long standing history spiderman produced the cartoons uh was producer on all two spiderman films was involved with x men not with all the marvel properties so he was kevin feige before kevin feige and he insisted that they make they, they throw venom in they try and build up to sinister six movie introduce three different uh villains and sam rami was like dude i want sandman uh, he's a sympathetic character he is someone struggling i want him and i want the harry osborn arc to come to an end because they built that up in spiderman 2 mm-hmm. and but avi arad was like no i want venom i want venom right right venom in so in comes venom in comes gwen stacy for no rhyme or reason rather just like just to build tension between spidey and mary jane and then they they try and flesh out the, the symbiote tries uh, they go this weird new hairstyle for, for Tobey Maguire here this this weird flaw yeah, that he's got emo my uh, chemical romance friend man yeah. wanna be instant him dancing down the street then he pushes oh, Mary man. Jane don't just <laughs> dance dude don't just that 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 the dance is awesome and this is in sharp contrast to how he is at, in Spider-Man 2 right where raindrops are falling on my head is playing and he's going to college witnessing crimes yeah. not doing anything about it and here he's just dancing that's my like spidey me. that's <laughs> witnessing crime not doing anything about it <laughs> <laughs> oh no your spidey is him fly walking and beating up the victim most of the time sorry continue but yeah it was a firstly i think it was very i get what they wanted to do with the story obviously it's uh, symbolic of the symbiote the nature of the symbiote or rather him being ripe for the symbiote to enter his life mm-hmm. but i was like why the storyline it's so random it's out of the blue because you had built him to be a nice guy why will suddenly some probably suddenly be a truth and uh, i mean obviously now we know it was all studio first Like the Sandman story felt more organic. Harry Osborn's arc felt organic. Although a quick note here, James Franco sucks, dude. He can't act. Yeah. <laughs> It's so bad. But the only Franco movie I've actually liked is him in the Disaster Artist, where he's. I was just going to say that's probably the yeah. only exception yeah. because that role is eccentric. He was able yeah. to. Otherwise, but anyways, yeah. Mm. Like you were saying, it. it mm. those two cards at least felt organic this whole venom thing just felt forced upon you as a viewer and hey, also for grace as eddie brock does not look menacing at all dude i just I like if he threatened me i'll just like pinch his cheeks take his lollipop and walk away <laughs> because you know you know your spider man wouldn't do that <laughs> you probably see his wallet too 
<laughs> I mean, they they retain the Eddie Brock origin story, the the Venom origin story from the comics, where Peter like mm-hmm. um, the symbiote leaves him in uh, which is in, in the church, right? And man, they made Tobey Maguire cry in this movie, and I remember the theater laughing because yeah, it's on the central park bridge. It's the central park, and he's holding the ring, saying, "I love you." and then there the people just howling with laughter and, and yeah he had his ugly crying face is like you mean you just like no dude no some sometimes i must have been like what is this like please cut this and there was there was uh, spiderman for sequel planned which got cancelled 4 days after talking about i spoke about it so they <laughs> if you've seen the draft and i think you know this is like so bruce campbell is in all three spiderman films Um, mm. the first movie he's the he's the announcer the second movie he's the uh, he's the usher and the third movie he's the maitre d he was supposed to be mysterio because he had he has interfered with peter parker's life in three in three pivotal moments and he was supposed to be a, a big part of it and i think they were looking to bring uh, valsha was supposed to be a, a part of it yes do they planned three more movies it was supposed mm. to be six movies yeah i think Three is three is a good number. I, honestly, I feel, and I think Tobey Maguire yeah. still hasn't been able to live it down, purely because he was the first one to do it, and yeah. um, he did have a very strong career in the two thousand. I think Sea Biscuit for me, I always associate him with Sea Biscuit because I love that movie. Yeah, very nice and, movie. Uh, and but him, that Cider House Rules, um, Pleasantville is another one. Um, but you all, you will always know him to be Spider Man, right? And then the also, what is he doing now? Like he's just chilling. He's, he's, he's just not chilling. done. Yeah, he hasn't worked since 2017, 2016, I think. And then this, then the property goes silent for a few years. The Spider-Man games get equally worse. And um, I think Shattered Dimensions was something that came out in 2009, 10, 11, which was good. Supposedly pretty damn good. But in 20, 2012, I think. 12, 12, 2012. in comes a new spiderman so uh, starring andrew garfield who fresh off the social network is a very hot commodity they cast him uh, across uh, emma emma stone and then sally fields plays um uh, plays aunt may um uh, reese ifans plays kurt connors and you know it's just a it's a pretty big star cast but it is in a sense the same movie it is spiderman 1 rebooted yes. and i remember watching the movie and going I think Andrew Garfield is a terrific Spider-Man. I really do. But I just I think Andrew Garfield is terrific. Yeah, it's terrific generally. And but this movie is terrible. And it's like it's boring. It feels and you know, I mean it's directed oh, and, by and Mark how, Webb who's yeah. made Finder Days of Summer. It's like <laughs> dude, like it must be good and it has mm-hmm. Emma Stone. I can watch her for hours on end but mm-hmm. yeah, I, this movie was uh, a chore. And we have to talk about Irfan Khan is in this movie. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 in it, and then he just he's on the bridge, and then he's gone. And it's I mean I guess it is what it is. But then the movie makes enough money to greenlight a sequel. And once again, Agni I think a big part there. of that is because of Andrew Garfield. He was he's very yeah. charming. He's, and he feels more boyish, although he was around the same age that Tobey Maguire was when hmm. he started out as Spider Man. He just feels a little younger, a little more energetic, and he has that old motor mouth aspect yeah. to Spider-Man, which is a big part of the comics, but wasn't a part of the Sam Raimi trilogy. So mm-hmm. he's a lot more blabbermouthy. Keep there's a lot of banter between him lot, and the mm-hmm. uh, bad guys that he fights. 
and it's those witty one liners that you know spiderman is famous for so yeah that that, that part really was nice mm. and but everything else was completely uninspired also again quick note here uh, before andrew garfield uh, got the role a lot of people were uh, considered for it two names that really stuck out to me one was taylor lautner taylor lautner imagine again the most not like he has no expressions dude can't act can you imagine the train wreck that <laughs> taylor lautner as spiderman would be <laughs> i want to like, taylor lautner spiderman <laughs> now that you mentioned it I don't think the word poor and dad active go together but let's <laughs> but yeah like you said yeah. this led to the amazing spiderman 2 and avi arad once more said i want all i want a sinister six movie build up and that's what they tried to do and they call and they cast paul giamatti as the rhino it oh, it baffles the mind hammy <laughs> estrian accent <laughs> and stuff I am the rhino and then there is uh, and then you cast Jimmy Fox as Electro who when he's not in the weird bluey goo thing is actually pretty good uh, yeah. as soon as he becomes electro he loses all personality yeah ex- ex- everything His personality got zapped zapped out as they as it's trying to say it. and then you have da- Dan Dehan who I think comes off the back of Chronicle which uh, in my opinion is a great superhero film it's, it's, I hope Dan Dehan does not have a career dude why bro fuck him dude <laughs> he just has an unlikable face i don't even know if he's a good actor like i did i didn't notice him in this film i've not seen any other film of his but fuck him i don't even want i don't he's want him to have a film career dude. he's in kill your darling he's i feel he's he's a good actor he just he just got screw him dude type cast went too early i don't yes, care this fucking <laughs> what and the hundred and then <laughs> they made him the green goblin which again very bad casting felicity jones is in this and i think she's supposed to be black cat but she's like hinted at this and this movie does is famous for one thing because i realized when when they cast gwen stacy in green goblin in the same movie you knew what was going to happen with mm. this film so this this the story of gwen stacy and green goblin is is famous it is probably the one of the earliest examples of fridging which is a, a term that came out of comic books as uh, came out of a green lantern comic book where green lantern comes home to find his wife uh dead and, and shoved into a into a fridge and this was like a term used to give this was a term that this was a term that came from situations where the love interest of the hero would die to provide the hero motivation wait what the fuck green lantern came up to his wife in a fridge who is writing these comics dude <laughs> kids are reading these comics what is wrong with you guys <laughs> after you said it it took 30 seconds for me to digest that information i'm just like what the fuck yeah that's, know, where, dude. that's where the term comes from fridging psychopaths uh, yeah so and then so gwen stacy is obviously was the next big example because where uh, in a bit to save her spiderman like she's falling off a falling off the george washington bridge when in 
reality it was the Brooklyn Bridge. So Gwen Stacy dies from whiplash. Like Green Goblin throws her off uh, off the bridge, and Spider Man saves her. But as he yanks her up, the motion causes her to break her neck. Similarly, like in in why is he lynching her or something? No, dude. Like I think he, she's falling, and then he catches her, and then it just the it, the recall kills her. Oh wow. And which they again they 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 try to like make it worse in, in Spider-Man Two plot spoilers for Spider-Man Two, um, where it is a very nice sequence because you see him falling down to catch her and you see him shooting a web which in turn turns into a hand to try and catch her and we have to talk about the the chem- the one thing the other thing that really sells this film is the chemistry between the two leads I think Gwen Gwen Stacy uh, Gwen Stacy Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield were perfect for each other. They did yeah. it for a, for a for a very long time, uh, and there's still a lot of love there. I remember when Emma Stone won an Oscar, the last person to sit down clapping was Andrew Garfield because he was in the front row, uh, and he was like he was also very emotional. And this was years after they'd broken up, so but you could tell like the two characters, two people who were really involved with each other. Sharon Woodley was in the movie as Mary Jane. They wrote her out, or they like they cut her parts out. The, the the deleted scenes in Spider-Man Two probably would make it a better film, but it's just a not not. I guess movie. I don't know. Again, similarly, like similar to Spider-Man Three, I think too overstuffed. Mm-hmm. And I think too it many did, things. It didn't help that around this time, Marvel had properly taken off. I was just going to say that like Avengers had done. I mean, like, this is 2014, but Avengers had mm-hmm. come out in 2012, become a big property. You could see the. Larger cohesive picture come together. I'm sure the people over at Spidey were like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" Like clearly, yeah. there's so much more potential with. Which is why they try to make the Sinister Six film, which they try to like build up to a universe. But and every film that has tried to build up a universe since has failed horribly. Uh, I think the DC 2012 was Spider-Man was when the when Avengers dropped in 2013. Zack Snyder very evidently did a movie that was meant to be. Its own thing, and then they, yeah. yeah, Man of Steel, and then they tried to wrap it up into a universe because one person is like, "Oh God, look at what Disney and Marvel are doing," um, and so that you know, we know how that worked. Then, <laughs> the, the, then there was the Dark Universe, which which oh, is uh, not even a universe, dude. Like, कुछ भी चल रहा है. Dark Universe, it seems. Fuck off with that shit, dude. I'm so glad that movie tanked. I am so glad because I was for a very hot minute afraid that they were going to override Brendan Fraser's legacy as uh, um, for the Mummy films. The first Mummy, and I've said this on the podcast before. I said this on to everyone. I love that movie. I think it's a perfect adventure film. Such a nice adventure film. Everyone calls it Budget Indiana Jones of the '90s. Yes, call it what you will. If you put it on television today, I will sit down and watch the entire thing. It's one of my favorite like childhood films growing up. It terrified me. It terrified a lot of kids growing up. Arnold was Louis, uh, <laughs> but anyway. But then Spider Man once again it doesn't do well. Tanks. Andrew Garfield is off the project, and then I think during Civil twenty sixteen, I think for two years there's the, there's a there's a bit of a there's some quiet. But Tom Holland gets cast as the new Spider Man. And we, the first time we see him is in Civil War, and what is mm-hmm. most noticeable is that his eyes in the suit move, move, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh wait, and and in comes Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and a lot of, and I've heard a lot of uh, opinion on where he stands amongst the other two, like with the other two. I liked what 
the idea of Tom Holland Spider-Man. I like that they made him younger. They made him, I mean, is essentially Spider-Man. Legend high school student. Legend high school student. Yeah, and Spider-Man Homecoming has a lot of that, uh, a lot of those high school elements, which is which is just, it's a, it is literally friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. It is a neighborhood mm. problem that he is solving. They they get Michael Keaton as the Vulture. uh in but yeah we have his involvement in civil war is also pretty pretty damn funny he becomes they make him tony stark's protege there's a there's a whole uh new direction they take with spider man and i was so happy because i did not want to see uncle ben die one more time yeah um, so man yeah uncle ben <laughs> just, just i cannot see that again and i'm so glad they completely subverted all of it and eventually ended up with um I mean, obviously, we have Homecoming, which I thought was an okay film. I I've en- I enjoyed parts of it. I enjoyed most of it. The movie is nice. Mm-hmm. It's not great. There are a couple of great moments. One obviously is uh, Spidey and Tooms in the car yeah. when he realize when Michael Keaton realizes Peter Parker is Spider Man. Mm-hmm. His I mean, the the good chunk of the scene is just focused. The camera is just stuck yeah. on his face, and Keaton knocks it out of the park. so menacing so scary that's yeah, one of the moment yeah. sorry you're saying sorry that in the moment and that in the moment where in the end where he's almost crushed spiderman and he has to he's scared but he overcomes that and so, yeah. pushes him the thing off and frees himself i think that's like his right of mm-hmm. passage as as spiderman so those are two good moments i remember and then that was a nice movie it's your typical mm-hmm. marvel formula that's actually you know, uh, a, that's a, actually a, why a, i don't like this trilogy Mm-hmm. is at some level i intrinsically have a, a baseline level of dislike for what mark like, the mm-hmm. for M- mcu stands today mm-hmm. it's yeah, just think. a formula it's an algorithm at this point this point basically more more of you know i i which is why for me wonder vision was so good and such yeah. a uh, um, stand out from everything that marvel has done wonder vision and loki i would say and loki yeah are two examples where they're like okay let's get, like step away from the formula and try something new for a change like wonder vision is just i mean i i got my roommate to watch it a week ago and i said just watch the first episode and if you're intrigued we'll stick with it that first episode you either that's that's just, that's when most people either stay with it or fall off and mm-hmm. this has been a great week for me because it's like i i watched that i've been watching so i grew up watching i love lucy So I Lucy Ball is a big part of also another big part of my childhood. So I watched this and I'm and I'm currently watching Being the Ricardos which is again based on mm. her life and uh, it's like how Aaron Sorkin has made Lucy Ball this very snappy person who's delivering Aaron Sorkin barbs to everyone around her. So that's I mean so I'm, again a really fun film I think you should you should probably you probably like it too, if you like Sorkin. I should mention. Mm. Uh, Sorkin in small doses is nice. Otherwise, the air gets a bit too preachy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, But, he needs. Uh, he's a he's a better writer than he's a director. I still I still mean. Mm, mm. Like in case in point with Steve Jobs, which I think is a great movie. Like what Danny Boyle handles the uh, handles the direction. He tempers. He tempers. He tempers. Yeah. Also, Jeff Daniels too. Jeff Daniels and Aaron Sorkin are match made in heaven. Yeah, in newsroom was Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, newsroom Aaron Sorkin. Uh, to kill a mockingbird has been brought to Broadway. Aaron Sorkin, Jeff Daniels. So, mm. so like it's, it's everywhere. Now, um, 
Yeah, so then Far Away From Home is the next entry in, in the franchise. And this movie, I distinctly dislike. Uh, they bring in Jake Chilinar. Far From and, Home. Yeah. Far From Home. So Jake Chilinar has a long and interesting history with Spider-Man. So when Spider-Man 2 was being uh, developed, uh, Tobey Maguire faked a back injury uh, to try and get some more money off of the studio. And the studio fired him. They literally mm. fired him and said Dijonal was in preparation for the role. Uh, and like he was, they'd cast him, he was preparing and then the studio brought Tobey Maguire back because he decided to like do the movie for less money. And there's a joke in there also, Spider-Man 2, where he the, calls my and he back. says, my back, my back. So Dijonal finally makes it into uh, a Spider-Man film, but not before Into the Spider-Verse drops in theaters, November yes. 2018. Now this... This is, Spider-Man 2 was my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. And this dropped. And once again, has, and I was very skeptical about it. I was like, oh, ah, we added another Spider-Man property. I don't want to go anywhere near it. And it is so damn good. And this is the, a year after Phil Aaron and Chris Miller are booted off of Solo. And um, because they, it apparently wasn't working out. And so they get, and they get a complete project for themselves. This movie really encapsulates the perfect Spider-Man spirit. I love every second of it. It is animated. I don't care. The music is excellent. The characters are excellent. Peter Parker, Miles Morales, every other Spider-Man in this movie. So damn good. Nicholas Cage also yeah, in this Spider-Man movie. Noir. Noir. Yeah, it's just oh, wonderful. Yeah, I, there's nothing I can fault this movie for. It is, it's, so obviously uh, without getting into too much detail, No Way Home is also a lot of fan service. Into the Verse is also a lot of fan service, but not at the cost of a story. very strong story. I mean, No Way Home does not, in terms of story, it's a little illogical. Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse has a great story, but still like enough and more fan service i won't say fan service is just uh easter eggs and like moments for people like crescendos of emotion done right it's just a perfect movie in fact uh when i had seen the trailer and stuff i'm like i i don't know what this is about yeah it's like an i didn't, I didn't even think it was getting a theatrical release Exactly. I thought it was one of those straight to DVDs, mm. like whatever. But when I saw Phil Lord Christmas, I'm like, okay. I love 2122 Jump Street. And 22 Jump Street, in my opinion, is one of the funniest movies. Yeah, oh, it is. Like, it has. Of the last decade or two. So when I saw their names attached, I was like, okay, this must be good. And man, was it good? You have just so much in that film. Again, movie is packed and visually it is insane. Oof. My mother absolutely hated it. She was like, what is happening? I can't understand. My sister's like, oh God, this is a great film. And to my, to my knowledge, a lot of people consider this the best Spider-Man movie ever made. I mean, hands down. In spite of what? what like, yeah. Yeah, no contest. In, yeah, in spite of what, what may have transpired recently. Yeah. No contest. That happens, and then Far Away From Home happens soon after. And Far Away From Home... Far From, from Home, dude. Far From Home was like... Far. Far, yeah, sorry, Far From Home. Damn it, I keep calling it Far Away From Home. Huh? Far From Home is just... Ugh. It's, see, I, that, that's... I just... I don't like that movie at all. There's one weird Spider-Monkey joke they keep making. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know why, why that joke, but I like 
the the scenery of the movie like they they do go to nice places so it's easy on the eyes jake dillon is a great performer he's a great actor and uh, like whatever thoughts you might have about the role and stuff like that okay the movie is a little bit predictable but i think he really sells his character well and again there's a great sequence where uh, spoilers for 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 yeah, when yeah. when peter parker realizes what's afoot and he goes to mm-hmm. confront mysterio and mysterio sort of sort of has his whole dream not dream sequence yeah, this whole yeah, like a, fake a, sequence a that he puts yeah. him through what that is scary like with the whole the iron one with the dead iron man sequence yeah 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 very 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 nice strong visual sequence uh, that was again film has its moments it's i don't dislike it but uh, it's fine i think uh, the one person who suffers in this movie is probably zendaya zendaya in, in homecoming was like uh, it was hilarious now mm. i really like zendaya i think that was the year a year after this or was it if not if not the same year was it the year after this far from home is 2018 right 2018 2019 oh, 2018 no 2019 june yes i'm sorry yeah, yeah. i remember 2019 june so i watched euphoria before i went into this now you uh, season 2 of euphoria drops this month by the way uh, in my opinion one of the better shows to come out of hbo um and sendaya for me that was a revelation i was like oh my god this girl is insane when she's a disney uh, like yeah. she grew up on on disney shows so i didn't quite didn't quite like what they did with her and i don't like the, the whole uh, damsel in distress distress of her character i guess mj is that is that person in in the universe i <laughs> maybe not always on board uh with uh, you know with how that character's progression goes even in in no way home uh which i think it's we should talk about now so like cuz even no way home i remember the first time i watched it i wasn't particularly impressed with it and there are still parts of it that i don't quite enjoy i just feel it is if you had to do fan service right no way home is the perfect blueprint for it because mm. there are some real heartfelt moments in there you and i went to watch this together and i remember both you going turning to me and saying i can't believe this is happening yeah. and i and honestly that the more i think about it i cannot believe that movie happened i cannot believe that movie exists yes exactly i can't believe they brought all of these threads together mm-hmm. i mean from a business perspective i don't know how they made it happen and from a story perspective it doesn't stand up to a great degree of scrutiny the story logically but when you watch it cinematically it flows and like it sort of makes sense when you're watching it i remember right after the movie i'm like i told you also like i'm trying to find a flaw but on the face of it i'm not able to obviously with time mm. when i think back it it feels a little flimsy logically but it it doesn't matter when you watch it's it not, it's not yeah, satisfying i feel like you you're getting what you're getting what is advertised on the package and some more and yeah. you just throw yourself <laughs> in there for a in for a good time uh and should we talk about spoilers for this before we get into that just a quick note i realized um, after the original trilogy rhyming trilogy the andrew garfield movies didn't have jay jonah jameson in them it didn't yeah. and even in, and even in this eventually like even after all these years uh in fact even mark web said this and even the mcu team said they couldn't find a better jay jonah jameson than 
Jason so they just like you know what fuck it let's just get him back him coming back at the end of far from home was the biggest shock to everyone i think that because far from home keeps joking about a multiverse which is which is like a yeah, this big yeah. honey trap uh and then at the end of it you see jk simmons and you're just like wait what mm-hmm. and and then that sets off the events of no way home Now, spoilers for No Way Home. Uh, I wouldn't even say spoilers at this point because it has been all over the internet for years and years. Like images leaked for me, so many things. Like by the time I watched this movie, I'd already seen images of everyone that was in this. Can I be talking about leaks? Also, we've spoken about elections. We're talking about leaks. leaks. Of course, yes. Thank you. This makes makes my life so much easier. <laughs> and uh, there are three Spider-Man in this movie. and oh, wow they, you went in now yeah fuck it like i am just going the three spiderman in this movie i think into the spider verse kind of gave them the the free like the comfort to be able to produce to pursue this rather they were like into the mm. spider verse did it so well that um in no way home they were like okay what if we bring back mcguire and rukafield and put tom all in the same movie imagine the heads that will explode and i think the moment they started casting the villains in this film it was a big indication of what was going to happen because william defoe comes back william defoe is better than ever in this film uh, yeah he's in it, he's barely in it i think avril molina also picks up right where he leaves where, where he left off uh reese fan is good jamie fox better i'd say he's better in this film than he was in amazing spiderman 2 uh tom again a low bar but you're right Thomas Hayden Church uh I probably not as good as Spider as Spider-Man 3 but doesn't really get you know, a lot of speed a lot of screen time here but we know this is, I, we know this is a Tom Holland film we really do but it's not his movie yeah as even though st- the story dictates that it's his movie you walk out of that movie thinking of Andrew Garfield exactly exactly he he's like he's he, the moment, he's, the moment he's on screen he just steals your he steals it like no Now I'm not sure if you've seen Tick Tick Boom, uh, which I think is a really happy film, which I think is a really, which is a a film that loses steam in the second half. But Andrew Garfield in it is amazing. Uh, and mm. since Spider Man, I think he's he's also like adopted the the Daniel Radcliffe way, where he just does some random bizarre shit. If you Under the Silver Lake, I think is a great stone of like. uh it's absolutely bizarre i would highly encourage you to check it out silence which he does with does with martin scorsese is a, is the most anti martin scorsese film i've seen i i don't know how to finish that movie <laughs> it's, it's it's a bit boring of a, it's a bit of a slow burn and of course tick boom and then he's he's in this and sorry sorry hacksaw you also oh yeah hacksaw yes yeah hacksaw he was nominated for and So he's very much like bucking the the Spider-Man trend. Like he's got a very successful career to boot, but at the same time, there's a lot of love for his Spider-Man because I think it was so earnest, it was so heartfelt that people have always gravitated towards it. And I remember there's, so there's one part in in No Way Home where somebody I don't know uh, gives an update or some some other character is talking, which is good news for their mission mm-hmm. to like save whatever. Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is not on screen he's around like three of them are around and you just hear him saying good 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 <laughs> that's not it exactly like you take he takes you back to the 2012 2014 spider-man yeah. like constantly stalking something or the other 
And but as much as I loved watching Andrew on screen, this sheer nostalgia bomb that drops when Tobey Maguire makes his entrance onto this is insane. I watched it the first time; I couldn't believe it. I watched it the second time; I still couldn't believe it. It was, and he still brings that. Like Andrew Garfield is earnest. Tobey Maguire is just—it's there's something emotionally damaged about him. You can, and that's mm. what he brings to Spider-Man. Uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is uses humor as a defense mechanism. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is desperately Accepting. trying to hold. Yeah, he's desperately trying to hold himself. He's holding himself together, and you can you see the hurt in his eyes. You see like just the mm. strain it has taken on him. He has one of the 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 nicer moments where Tom Holland is going to town on. uh on green goblin so what and we what this movie does is it as as i was watching this film i realized oh wait there is no single origin story in for tom holland there are three movies that dictate his origin story we haven't even spoken about tom holland's participation in endgame in infinity war and endgame endgame not so much but as infinity war was where he got people really choked up because i mean mm-hmm. he also probably in a few years they included into like one of the most iconic lines in film mr stark i don't feel so good so mm-hmm. which is a gut punch i mean for what happens and also for how robert downey jr jr plays that off damn our is good moment. yeah mm-hmm. i i mean i've already given spoiled no way home but i won't build the linear i won't like go into the story elements of it i think it Definitely. it establishes the spider-man mythos right it like it tells you um yeah, at the end of the film it just like okay i know this man he is now at this point it's taken three films uh at this point he is actually spider-man and like he is going to face stan is that he's going to face now it's a epilogue like that whole diner scene and then but he's inherently like, yeah he's inherently I mean, a yeah, character it's, it's, and it's what's necessary for mm-hmm. the origin story to conclude i know but it's just mm-hmm. so sad and uh, <laughs> so while the spiderman films were happening and they were like in the hands of marvel i think this is probably going to be the footnote to episode so um avyar had decided that he wanted to bring another character back and he brought back venom Uh, and they cast Tom Hardy as a What is his obsession with Venom dude? <laughs> But he clearly wants Venom and they got uh Todd McFarlane who is the guy who created Venom to uh to sign off on it. Now Tom Hardy once again I think he's a fantastic Venom. The first Venom I don't like at all. Uh but I see the appeal to the character. I see what it uh, I see just how Over the top, Tom Hardy took it, and it works. It really works because he's he is the heart and soul of that film. The second one is just straight trash, but still somehow, by some weird circumstance, the first one made a billion dollars. Like just, which which I thought was insane. I mean, I'm so happy Rizama is in a billion dollar film. I want all the good things to happen to Rizama. There is a so. During the press tour for for this film, Riz Ahmed dropped his album Mogambo, and uh, he got Tom Hardy to promote it. And Tom Hardy, yes. Tom Hardy actually says Mogambo Kushua on one of the press tours, which, is, <laughs> which for me is like absolutely blows my mind. Uh, and uh, but he's not in the second film. They cast Woody Harrelson, uh, who I adore in most of the films. Just mm. 
it feels like a movie stuck in the 90s uh, there will be carnage or let there be carnage it's just oh, it is so bad it is so so bad but tom hardy is still around up and kicking and i think there are plans to integrate him into tom holland's spider-man universe and we'll see it's interesting to see how that goes honestly i hope tom holland does maybe one or two more of these and then stops for his own good um yeah but i don't know how his career after spider-man is going to be looking at the whole uh far cry no what what this what adaptation is he uncharted uncharted sorry mm. looking at he seems to be doing more generic stuff which in the movie called cherry which was really bad yeah cherry was very had this he was a ptsd veteran and stuff yeah, right yeah 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 with with the russo brothers and that was really bad there's so, uh, one way uh, devil all the time in which he was decent i watched like mm-hmm. part part of it isn't devil all the time with rob pattinson's insane uh, yes accent. he plays an accent and he has a he plays a cleric or something mm-hmm. very it's it's too bleak that's so that's the problem with the movie but yeah mm-hmm. i don't know so far tom hardy outside of spiderman has been a bunch of tom holland sorry <laughs> so far tom holland outside of spiderman has been a bunch of shaky missteps but we'll see where it goes tom hardy outside spider-man of spiderman is just i don't know i, I will watch anything with tom hardy in it at this at this point yeah yeah true but uh, yeah this is this is, i mean just our view on everything that spiderman the world of spiderman has been so far no uh, so if you were to classify the spiderman films in um uh in like worst to best how would you go about it the amazing spiderman 2 then the amazing spiderman 1 then spiderman 3 then far from home mm. then homecoming uh shit okay then spiderman 1 then no way home no way home and, and spiderman 2 is like tied and then into the spiders spiderman 3 was what numbers like was your fourth was like third worst third worst uh if i were to go so i i have grown to appreciate camp and you will know about this when we talk about batman and robin about how i think it's the most influential batman movie of all time so uh i'd say the worst for me i don't want my spiderman movies to be boring the worst for me is the amazing spiderman 1 then amazing spiderman 2 then i would say uh, far from home uh then i would say uh spiderman 3 then homecoming then uh spiderman 1 and yeah i i the rest is the rest the is you know what into the spider verse number 2 spiderman 2 number 1 Oh. I I love Into the Spider-Verse I really do but I just feel what Spider-Man 1 does with its source material and at the time that it came out with and with everything tech you know it's not it's not like a, a canvas it's not that at the animated movie had where it could just do some crazy mm-hmm. shit I think what it does it tells it it's a very like it's something we all struggle with we struggle with self confidence we struggle with uh anxiety was so much happening to us and right now especially the pandemic has been very strenuous on a lot on a, on a lot of us so there's i probably connect to that aspect that is just like we sometimes you just can't where the self belief goes and when self belief goes 
everything around you suffers and it's so important to, to a lot of people like it, that self belief just brings it, it brings so much to, so so much to the table for a person so I, that's and i think spiderman 2 really uh, explores that aspect very very well so probably up there this is my favorite spiderman movie about it you could have just said you like erections i do like erections <laughs> i think that's a good note too <laughs> That's a good way to end this. <laughs> oh, and I know, I know, this is audio, but you, I'm just shaking my head at this point. <laughs> the trust, bro. It's just like I feel the last twelve years of my life is just literally this. <laughs> Why you make things unnecessarily? Actually, uh, dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was dark at first now it's actually i guess this is progression <laughs> i don't know on on that note we are at uh, we have come to an end of this week's episode we will be back next week <laughs> so we'll see you we'll see you on the next one take care Great.